From the dark web to your radio dial, you are listening to CyberTalk Radio on News 1200 WOAI. Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. This week, we're talking about uh, building people-centric uh, smart city technology. So as uh, cities get out there and connect themselves to the internet, connect their services to the internet, we're going to get all the uh, great things uh, that we've had across the, the private sector with apps on our mobile phones. You're also going to get all of the hijinks. We were just talking a little bit before we went on air about some of the things back with Foursquare in the day where people were faking check-ins to become mayors of locations. So if you want to learn a little bit about how smart city apps are going to get out there and make things easier, um, joined this week by the two co-founders of City Flag, and I will let them introduce themselves and explain a little bit about uh, what they're doing inside their app today for the city of San Antonio. Well, thank you, Brett. I appreciate the invitation to you know speak to your audience about what we're doing at City Flag. You know, I'm a fan of your show. By the way, I love the music at the beginning of the show. It's so dramatic; it gets me going. I mean, I'm That's like, good. all right, I, I got to stay on. You know, I got I got to listen to what's next, right? Yes. Uh, but yeah, so my name is Beto Altamirano. I'm the co-founder and, C- and CEO of City Flag, and we have here Beto. Well, thank you, Brett. Um, yeah, my name is uh, Beto Gomez. I'm the COO and co-founder of City Flag, and um, yeah, big fan of your show. I've been listening to some of the interviews you've done with some folks at the city, which you know I think they're really interesting. Yeah, so if you were new to the program, you can check us out at www.cybertalkradio.com or out there on any of your favorite podcasting services. And if you do not find our program on the podcasting service of your choice, look us up on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, let us know which podcasting service you prefer to use, and we will get you a CyberTalk Radio t-shirt when we fix that folks also if you're not gonna be able to stick with us here uh, on 1200 wai you can uh, check this out this will go up on our website and those podcasting services on tuesday february 26th and if you are listening to this on one of the recorded uh, thank you for being a podcast listener out there so guys uh, so your app city flag and we've had folks on from the uh, innovation office in san antonio that uh, got some of the smart city programs going so help our audience and some folks out there may know what 311 is other folks may go we had a way to report these things at the city. Well, now you have an app and a way to report these. But explain uh, to folks um, what the the city flag, the three one one app does. What three one one does help give our audience the background they need. Definitely. One thing I forgot to mention to your audience is that you're gonna have two betos on on recording today. So uh, just FY, if we get you know mixed up, is beto A and beto G. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so you know three one one. A 301 department is basically the entry point for anyone that wants to contact their government, right? Um, it's a way to uh, communicate issues or non-emergency items to your yeah, city, yeah. right? It's, it's, 911 it's, emergencies, if it's not an emergency, please do not dial 911. Exactly. 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 I mean, if, if it's, you know, trash-related, let's say, uh, garbage disposal. Pothole, ex- new graffiti. Exactly. Anything that is non-emergency, right? Yeah. Uh, that is 311. And, and it's surprising. It's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, just a week ago, you know, someone came up to me and said, oh, that's cool that 311 has, that, 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 you know, that the city has a city flag department now. And I was like, what are you talking about? No, we're just a company, right, that help, is helping the 311 department. No, 311 is, is a, you know, it's a procedure internally for, you know, city services, right? It's a department that was created to connect 
you know, people in government, yeah. right? We, we're just and, supporting. And you still can supporting. dial 311 on your of phone. Course. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, city yeah. offers now both an app, the 311 City Flag app for San Antonio, and you can still dial 311 on your phone. Of course. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of folks that don't have a smartphone, right? Yeah. I mean, and so if you want to just contact your government, you do it through 311. That's all you need to do. Yeah. But if you contact through the app, let's just talk like one of the use cases. So potholes. So like you could call and say there's a pothole on my street. You could talk on the phone. You could say, hey, I live at the corner of Street A and Street B. Um, and this, somebody at the city has got to write this down and figure it out. And then they got to talk to you about how big the pothole is. If I've got my smartphone, though, I can just walk out, take a picture of the pothole. The city can see immediately how big it is. Um, how middle, how where it is in the road, and they get GPS coordinates for where that pothole's at. Exactly. You, you, you're selling our tool already. I love it. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. So think about it. So it takes about 10 minutes to 15 minutes to be on the phone, letting your government know about a particular issue that you see in your neighborhood versus 45 seconds on the 311 SA app, right? Yeah. That's the main difference. The and, difference and, is that... And you never have to sit on hold with the app, by the way. <laughs> you don't. You don't. I mean, it, it takes literally 45 seconds to upload a request that you see in your city neighborhood. For example, a pothole, right? You select a pothole. It asks you a couple of questions, and then you upload the request. And it gives you a case reference number, and it also gives you a due date. And that's pretty impressive because, you know, you're giving the user, the, the resident, some peace of mind of when their issue is going to be fixed. Yeah, because the, the city, for all of you listening out there, and you've been driving around San Antonio, you're listening to us on AM radio, and you, you may drive by the same road every day, and you see this pothole out there, and you're like, the city never fixes these things. Well, because no one picked up the phone and dialed 311 would report it. And, it, and in your car, go ahead and pull off to the side of the road. Next one you see, download the, the city flag app, and go ahead and upload that report. And as you said, that now the city knows it's there. And a lot of times there's, I don't know how many miles, there's a lot, many miles of roads all over San Antonio. The city doesn't just have a crew driving around all the time trying to find every hole one by one by one. So when you go in and report it, this is really helpful to them to know where to go and what to fix. Exactly. It's, it's crowdsourcing, you know, these requests, these issues that we see in the, in the city. I mean, think about it. I think sensors are great. Yeah. You know, they provide a lot of information. But the, the, the biggest generators of data are citizens. Residents are out there. You know, they, they are our eyes and ears. You know, and so it's, it's interesting to get that feedback from the population. What, what do you think, Beto, about that? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think, um, you know, the city um, it's actually doing a great job, you know, um, facilitating, um, you know, making these reports for citizens. Um, so currently we have, I just wanted to add, that, add this, is um, we have 52 different requests uh, that, that uh, citizens can, can select you know, from the app. And uh, it makes it easier for them because you already have, you know, like pre-selected questions that allow you to, you know, identify what is it that you actually want to report. Yeah. Like, and I mean, this can be, as I said, potholes, probably one of the common ones out there. But you could re you can can you request a brush pickup through yeah. the 311 so, app? So you have, you know, anything from, you know, yeah. street traffic has about 10 uh, subcategories from sidewalk to traffic signs faded or missing. Yeah. To illegal dumping animals, uh, damage sidewalk, you name it. I mean, there's so many things that you can report on this app. Animals, for example, is very interesting because on the West Side, uh, we've seen, you know, a lot of stray dogs. And so it's, it's interesting because this, this becomes almost like a public policy uh, you know, recommendation for city leaders like council members that can have a better understanding of what are the most popular you know, requests in every single district in the city. 
Yeah. No, I mean, that's another one. It's like you see you see broken street signs, and yeah, so overnight somebody runs into a street sign, knocks it down, and if you can report that immediately, the city wants those street signs fixed. They want the roads out here to be safe, but there's uh, who knows, again, how many street signs all over town, and it may take them a while unless you call in, and, and this just makes it really easy. It does. As you said, it's just less than a minute to report one of these things now versus trying to dial 311 and then explain to somebody which street sign it was over the phone. Like, it's just not the right way to solve these issues and, and give the issue to the person that's going to actually eventually have to go work to fix it. Like, is the street sign faded? Like, do they need to bring out a new sign? Is the post broken? Is the post bent? Like, is it one of the detachable posts or is it a fixed post where they're going to have to bring a crew out that can work on a sidewalk? Like, the photo can explain all the stuff that they would have to try to ask you over the phone so they can figure out what they actually need to do to repair that street sign. Exactly. One thing that we do in the application is that uh, you also geolocate the issue, right? And uh, you have a better understanding exactly of where the particular issue is. And then we ask a couple of questions that you yeah. know that can take you, again, less than 45 seconds to answer. And you submit that request. And that request you know, goes directly to that department. And so it's uh, creating efficiencies internally for government but also externally, right, for the user. I think, uh, you know, we're moving forward with a people-centric solution rather than a government-centric solution. We've seen that, you know, if we want to make tools engaging and fun and dynamic, we've got to focus on the user, on people that will be utilizing these tools. If we make it too difficult for them or too challenging, they will not come back and utilize the tool. Right, and one of the cool things, you know, about using this, this app is that, that feedback loop that you get, right? So the moment you report, you know, you create a, a report, you take a picture, you submit it to your city, you get a due date, right? Like, so an estimation of when your issue is going to get resolved. And so, you know, when the city actually goes out there and fix it, you get a notification that tells you, hey, you know, we took care of your issue. And so that's empowering, right, as a citizen yeah. to be able to get that feedback, you know, from the city. Yeah. So go in the app store on your, your iPhone or your Android device, look up 311SA. You will find the app, and download it, get yourself logged in, and uh, go report an issue yourself to, to test this out. I'm sure everyone out there in our, our listening audience, if you're here on 1200 WAI in the, the greater San Antonio area, there's something you've driven by where you're like, man, I wish the city would come fix this. Well, you're now empowered in an easy way to to help them do that. Please do not take phones while photos while driving. Exactly. Though, like, <laughs> yeah, please pull the car off to the side of the road, stop and take the photo. Please not while you're in motion. Please don't hold your phone up and try to get a great photo at 35 miles an hour on one of our roads. <laughs> yeah. That's not what we're trying to encourage here no on the bueno. air. No bueno. Yeah, no. <laughs> you guys uh, came and got this app. Uh, developed, launched as part of the the city's innovation process. So, give me a little bit of, of background. How did you guys find out about this program, and what made you decide to to start building um, software for city governments? Like, as many folks out there, you, you think of like, where are the places I could go sell software to? Most folks' t list of top like customers are not city governments. Yeah, no, that that's a great question, Brett. So, you know, it's it's, it's about a background as well, right? Uh, you know, I spent time working in government. I worked for the Texas House of Representatives, uh, the U.S. Senate, uh, and also for the White House. And I saw that, you know, when I was working there, that there was a, a miscommunication. You know, there was, a, I will say, you know, a lack of communication between the constituent and the government. There, there were not enough uh, channels that allowed, uh, you know, 
citizens to request or to comment on particular issues that they saw in their communities, right? Uh, you only had Twitter. And so it was interesting. And, and that's when I start, started studying about the smart city movement. I'll go back to Austin, and that was when I was in D.C., and I start, uh, you know, organizing communities in the east side of Austin. And at the same time, um, Beto is doing his Ph.D. in communications, and he's uh, actually studying, you know, civic innovation. And we start bouncing at these ideas. And by the way, you know, we met, uh, Beto and I met when uh, we were producing uh, electronic concerts in South Texas. That's how we met, <laughs> which were, you know, really music fun festivals. years. Yeah. So but you just said you guys are DJs and or no, door producers. No. We love producers. music. Okay, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. you hire DJs or you used to at least in your former life. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we did. Yeah. And we used to like, you know, host these amazing cultural events, uh, you know, in, in border cities here in the U.S., like McAllen and so on, in South Padre Island. It was a lot of fun. But that's how we met, right? But then uh, Beto moves to Europe. You know, he starts studying for, you know, uh, his Ph.D. in communication, civic innovation. And when I'm organizing those communities in, in the east side of Austin, I get this feedback from the community, right? Who's going to fix that pothole down the street or the missing stop sign, the, the broken street lights? And, you know, my answer was that, you know, you should contact your city government. But the candidate that I'm you know, organizing for is not going to immediately going to be able to fix those issues that you are requesting. But that's when I started, you know, understanding that we could innovate the way that people connected with their governments. And that's when we started this idea of City Flag, which then we started a prototype that got funded by MacArthur Foundation. And we got a grant, and that's how we started the company. So that's a little bit of, of, of the background. But, you know, some comments, Beto, that you might have on your perspective on, on why we're so passionate so, about so, hold government on. tech. You were, you were studying over in Europe. Did you finish your PhD over there? I did. Yeah. And then, and in which country were you studying? Spain, Madrid, Barcelona. It was uh, actually Santiago de Compostela in Galicia, okay. which, which yeah, has yeah. great uh, paella and, and sangria. Yeah. yeah, that's what I hear. Uh, I and, and then you you moved back here to America after that. You just didn't stay over there and and retire on the beach and yeah. become a college professor and teach yourself. No, because um, you know I was actually like you know Beto mentioned. Um, I mean, we, we came up with this idea out of, you know, like a personal experiences, right? Yeah. Like out of a passion for really like contribute to, you know, to the public life. And um, so, you know, what I saw over there when I was doing my, my research, my field research. Um, so I was studying, you know, civic engagement, uh, social movements and how this, this, uh, this uh, phenomenon were using technology to communicate and organize. And so back then, it was the time, you know, after the Arab Spring and then, you know, the, the Indignados in Spain. So yeah. I got to see all that first time, right? Like participating and, and, and just experience how people were, you know, using technology. And, and they were trying to, you know, honestly connect with governments and express, you know, some of their visions and frustrations. But then I also noticed that the government didn't have the, the channels to, to get that feedback. No, I, I don't suspect that like the, the Spanish national government has a social media team. Or certainly they didn't back when that they happened. Didn't, exactly. They might have had a few of their politicians on Twitter or Facebook, but nothing I organized, no formal submission process. Yeah, I think there's a city yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Spain that is run on Twitter. I yeah. swear, I, I, I'll, I'll look it up on my phone and I'll let you know. Yeah, as we move forward on this podcast. But I think something relevant to mention, Brett, is that, 
you know, we 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 decided to start this company. We started, you know, the company focused on government tech and civic yeah. tech. So that's what we do. We, we I mean, we're not just a, a software company, but rather a civic gov tech company. Yeah. And so you end up in San Antonio because of the innovation department and things that we have going on here to encourage this type of activity. Right. So there was uh, actually an RFP okay. right, for a new uh, 311 uh, mobile app. And that's exactly what we were working on. So it was sort of like the perfect fit. And, you know, um, Beto was working in San Antonio at the time. I was actually working at a university in Mexico. Right. I was doing research over there and, and you know, teaching classes. And, and that's when we started kind of, you know, uh, going out to, to competitions and, and just pitching the idea and, you know, putting it together. And um, and when the RFP came out, we you know this we we saw it as a great opportunity for us to to validate you know what we had. Yeah, and by the way, the the city is the name is Hoon Hoon Spain, and they run everything, every single department through Twitter. Wow, that is pretty crazy. Uh, but yeah, to your question, Brett, uh, you know I was working at the MPO, and I, I was working on transportation issues. But we already had this idea, right, of, of City Flag. Yeah. We had the prototype. We had just won the grant, and we were developing the tool. And then, like Beto said, you know, the RFP came out uh, to innovate the 311 app, and we went for it. I mean, we literally competed with giants like AT&T and so on. And so we had this, like, you know, this small startup from San Antonio going after these giant companies, uh, which is great, right, because that pushes us to create great innovation and great products. But it was also very challenging, right? Uh, but I think the city saw an opportunity in creating something different, something from scratch, something that you know also you know challenged the the resiliency of city startups here in San Antonio, and that's what we did. I mean, after that, you know, this, introducing our product here in San Antonio, the CivTech SA program came about, and now they have the innovation zones, which is great. And so we were the first ones to actually go head on and as a startup and work with the city of San Antonio, which was not easy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so as, as you're out there now, so we we have a 311 app here. You guys have rolled out in San Antonio with it. You can do this. You can take pictures. You can report all these issues, and, and it automatically ties into the ticketing systems of all the different departments for this. Uh, as we look at other big metros out there, so San Antonio is one of the top 50 metros in the U.S., is this something that if somebody packs up and moves from San Antonio to Phoenix, Arizona, or one of the other top 50 metros, does everybody have an app like this now, or where are we at on the evolution? Look, I mean, there's there's a, there's some 301 apps out, out there, right? And we replace one here yeah. uh, in San Antonio. Uh, they're basic. You know, they're uh, not as engaging or interactive as our platform. Our platform is the first social network for city services. It's also gamified, and it has this transparency uh, you know, outlook where you can see everything that is happening in your city. No, you're not going to find any other app like ours out there as of right now. You yeah. know, after the research we've done, we're the first ones to do this. And we've launched here in San Antonio. We launched our product in Mexico City as well. And in cities like in the border town like uh, Mission, Texas. And we're working with other three cities on the, on the border region of Texas. Uh, but we want to take this tool to every corner of the United States. Wait, so you, so you guys are live in Mexico City now? Yes. Yeah, because so that place is kind of big. It's huge. It's yeah. huge. I mean, it's 18 million people and counting. Uh, but we're working with Delegacion. Yeah, the ones you can count. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, which is fun. Mexico City is so much fun. Uh, we're working with the downtown area. It's called Delegacion Cuauhtémoc, which now is a city. So it's, uh, it's Alcaldia. Like, Alcaldia, called, yeah. which is like the city of Cuauhtémoc within Mexico City. 
and it has a floating population of 5 million people. And we rolled out a, a product that is exactly the same as, as 301SA, but everything is internal. So it's just government uh, operators utilizing this tool, like dispatchers going out there and taking photos of everything, documenting everything. And we revamped their entire system, their CRM, and that's what they utilize it for. We haven't released the, the, you know, the public you know, government tool yet, but that's like the next, that's like, that's like the 2.0 yeah. uh, project for us. Now, even I, I love that even just internal productivity enhancement tool. So like as they're out there, if you are a city police officer, you can report a pothole exactly. uh, or you can report a broken traffic sign or traffic light. You're not actually able to fix that yourself as a police officer. You can't like go drop your squad car off and go pick up a repair truck, but you can at least communicate that to the other departments in the city so that they can go out and get those things taken care of. Of. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, because um, you know, a lot of cities um, in, the, in in Mexico for sure, and in and, and even some in the United States, they don't have a three one one service department, right? And so what we're doing in, in in this particular case in Mexico is we're you know we're sort of giving them the the tools, right, like a, a mobile app and then the software for them to capture and digitize all these urban urban issues, so that they can then you know build efficiencies internally. And be able to provide a better service, uh, know where their issues are, and then you know, yeah, uh, give that back to the community. So you guys are now, um, I guess, about a, a year and a half into this, yes, uh, with the city of San Antonio. So uh, I would guess not very many millennials ever dial three one one via the phone. Um, like, what has this changed from a, a demographic perspective of who's communicating these kind of issues out to the city now? Yeah, think about it. So. Uh, so we started, you know, this project a year and a half ago, uh, and that includes, you know, working internally with the city of San Antonio to uh, introduce this uh, tool, you know, to this new environment, and also, uh, you know, innovating processes internally with the city to uh, get to work with startups, right? So yeah. it, was, it was an entire uh, journey, which was amazing, uh, challenging, but you know, amazing. I really enjoyed it. I think we, we really had a good time. Oh, was, I mean, it was so much fun. It was a lot of headaches, but it was uh, also a lot of fun. I mean, it, we, we uh, matured a lot as a company. And I think the city also got to uh, learn a lot on how to work with startups, right? And uh, we launched the product uh, only five months ago, six months ago. So in August of uh, 2018. And we have 11,000 users today. And we have about 10,300 requests. And with a 90% success rate, meaning that the city is addressing every single request coming in, either by fixing it or letting the government know. Uh, the, sorry, the, the 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 residents know that uh, that they when when is going to get fixed. Right? Yeah. And so, to your question, I think uh, our demographics are, you know, it varies. You know, you have uh, people, you know, from different ages utilizing these tools. Now, think about it. You know, when you look at Facebook, you have a lot of baby boomers, you know, utilizing uh, Facebook as well. So I I don't think, uh, you know, our app is just you know, designed for millennials. It's no. designed for anyone that, But you know, hopefully it's bringing them into oh, communicating to their government. Because, like, look, I mean, I know I've got kids that are millennials. They're not picking up the phone and dialing 311 <laughs> to ever report anything. But if they can take a picture in an app, especially if they can get some points, yeah. exactly. like this this may get this next generation engaged in communicating with their city. Oh, yeah. You're definitely going to get my parents on there for, as well. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, my, my yeah. parents have, have moved on to smartphones. <laughs> and if, if they could report something via the app, uh, I mean, I, I can agree. see them doing it as well. No, yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, just mm -hmm. to answer the, the question, yes. I mean, we have more millennials uh, engaging with the city. Our top 10 users, you know, half of them are millennials. So Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, we also have a lot of, you know, um, homeowners association members that, 
you know, use this tool to kind of, you know, monitor their communities. And, you know, funny that you mentioned that about your kids because um, we actually have some, you know, a story about, um, you know, this lady that came up to us at an event and say that, um, you know, her kid um, uses her phone, you know, every time they, they see a, you know, something they can report, it's like, hey, mommy, let me, you know, let me use your phone to report this. You know, I want to get more points and, you know, get off the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break for news, traffic, and weather update. This is Cyber Talk Radio, and we will be back with the City Flag team to talk smart city technology and civic engagement for the modern era. Welcome back to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran, and we're talking smart city technology, uh, getting all of these uh, government services onto the internet, into your smartphone, uh, so that it's easy for you uh, to make it easy for your city uh, to take care of you, which is uh, what they're there to do. Uh, And you you may not believe that, but really, if you sit down and have a conversation, cities try to spend money to make their lives for their citizens better, and they'd like to do it as efficiently as possible. And I mean, one of the things we were talking about, Beto, before in the first half of the program was how easy it takes less than a minute to submit something through the 311SA app. It takes 15 minutes on the phone. It's Just on the request submissions, this has got to be saving the city a ton of money. A lot of money. I mean, the city spends about a 600, I mean, they, they get about 600 calls a day, a city of the size of 150,000. I mean, there's a lot of cities that are smaller than that. But So San Antonio gets thousands of calls a day. For sure. So uh, if you're just tuning into the program now, uh, we've been uh, talking with the City Flag team. Uh, open up your uh, iOS app store the, for your Apple device or the Android Google Play store and uh Look for 311SA in there if you're in the city of San Antonio and listening to us on 1200WAI uh, for iHeart Streaming. Or if you're outside the city of San Antonio area, uh, if you happen to be in Mexico City, uh, if you work for the city, there may be an app available for you down there. If you don't work for the city, this uh, may be coming to you at some time later in the future. If you're out there in another city in the U.S. and you don't have a great way in an app to submit uh, issues to your city uh, about all of the civic service uh, things that they need to take care of for you, uh, let your city government know that uh, you would like them to talk to City Flag because uh, these guys are out uh, trying to uh, help all the cities uh, do this better, and maybe they'll make a little bit of money along the way. But uh, I'm certainly uh, this is if you listen to the first half of the program, they're doing this because they care about it, they love this stuff, they want to make government service all better, um, and they felt that their best way to do that was to start their own tech company. Uh, that's going to go solve these problems because uh, these are two smart guys and you could be making more money s- s- serving ads to, on, on front of kitten gifts. I'm glad you're it's, not it's, doing that, but I mean, you could be making it, more money doing that. In a way, it's true, but I mean, I think the social impact is, is a lot more rewarding. I mean, think about it. You know, 
you know, just in San Antonio, you know, we've addressed over 10,000 issues. And if you put that and you, you, I mean, if you exchange that to taxpayers' dollars, so yeah. let's say that each issue is about $100, $100 yeah. which I think it might be more, right? We've put to work more than a million dollars yeah. in just five months. So yes. that's pretty great. 2,000 issues a month. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the social impact is there. And I, and I think that's why we do it. We do it because there's a lot of cities out there that need this type of environments to you know, have a, a better connectivity with their citizens and to build resilient cities that ultimately are successful in the public service delivery. Yeah. So now, uh, so one of the things we were talking about uh, off the air during the break is the, uh, those, the, we'll call them bandit signs. I think that's what you referred to them as is like those, those unauthorized signs stuck on posts, stuck on street corners. So you can report those in the app as well, correct? They, yeah. They, correct. They sell you dogs and they, yeah. s- they sell you houses. And all well, they, they offer to buy your house, not for a fair price, by the way. <laughs> if, if, if you ever see a handwritten scrawl sign that offers to buy your house for cash, they're not going to give you a good deal. Beto, didn't you fall for one of those? No, I did not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh-huh. I do use the app to report it, though. Yes, yeah, that's man. good. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and, and so you guys need to get some signs out, though, that would be legitimate signs. Like, we're going to have an election coming up here in May, and like anyone that's motivated enough to go vote in a city election should know about the City Flag app. You guys should be able to hand out flyers or something around polling places, too, just because you're not a you're not a candidate, right? Yeah, so we can't get partisan at all. Yeah. I mean, but we are a, a civic uh, engagement tool. So, yeah. But the, you had this idea, didn't you? You were mentioning it. Uh, yeah, you guys have 15,000 users now, yeah. like in the, in, the, in the election. So there's about a million registered voters, I think, in Bear County, but we'll probably only get 150,000 for a city election in May. But we should still be able to 10x your user base that the people that are just going to show up to vote there will get in and download the app and start reporting stuff. Exactly. That's a great point. I mean, one of the things that, um, you know, we want to do is, um, you know, especially in this uh, voting period, we would like to, you know, on our map, which is very interactive and, you know, it's very, it's, you know, it's very visual tool, uh, you know, for you to explore your city, um, kind of find a way to pinpoint, you know, the voting places. So that people can, you know, uh, find out more about, you know, where to go out and uh, and participate. Yeah, the polling, the polling the locations. Polling yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, think about it, right? Today, uh, you know, if if you're not civically engaged or you're not involved in politics, which I think, you know, most of our, you know, here in this table know at least where to go vote, right? But there's a lot of folks that they don't have to know where to go vote because they have their daily lives. They got yeah. things to do. They have work. They have kids, right? And when they want to go vote, it's difficult because they don't know where to go to go, go vote. I mean, maybe the library or maybe, you know, the elementary school around your neighborhood block. But yeah. the reality is that we need to provide and equip citizens with more information about these type of electoral, you know, capabilities. I wonder how many extra votes we get during early voting when people get called down for jury duty and they're sitting in the waiting area <laughs> and they look across the lobby in the courthouse and they go, there's a polling place here for early voting? Well, I'm going to go over and just go ahead and vote. Yeah, by the way, you can you can vote downtown at the courthouse. That's one of the early voting locations. There's many early voting locations all across the city as well. Uh, but I'll, I'll bet that, that the jury duty voter percentage is higher than the non-jury duty voter percentage during early voting. It's a two for one. Experience. Yeah, Why you not? get you get both all at once. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you guys, we we uh, I, I talked a little bit about the security app of this side of this. So you guys have have an app out there, um, and didn't want to leave the folks that stuck with us here through that bottom of the hour break hanging too long. Um, what's uh, the most interesting thing you've seen um, a user do? And like, there's the lines of like malicious where they're doing stuff. And you're like, that's just bad. Can you please stop? And like, or we've got to now figure out a way to deal with this behavior in the app. And then there's just other stuff that like 
is maybe unexpected. Uh, so there's one I think you, you said there's one of the a, a driver out there reporting tons of things in a batch at the end of the day. Exactly. Well, I mean, we we learned about uh, this power user that you know he drives around town. Uh, he I think he you know drives in an Uber or Lyft, um, and you know he basically puts his phone um, you know on the counter and he's recording all of his rides. Yeah. And then he just writes down you know the. The, the address where you know he's all the report and then by the time he gets home he sort of you know starts uploading all the reports right on batch yeah so you know those those uh types of usage we were not accounting them for so it's always surprising and you know it presents new challenges uh but we are actually you know we get in touch with these uh you know power users and they're they provide very valuable feedback yeah and and you know we invite uh, you know everyone who who um, you know have some ideas about you know how to improve their experiences certainly yeah i mean you know and as we grow we we, we encounter you know uh isolated bugs and so on and and sometimes it's challenging right and it's kind of like the growing pains but we're working every day to improve the product right yeah and so one thing that I, it's funny you know in one case that you mentioned like a you know a, a, you know different case that we've we've seen along was uh, i saw like students you know high school kids taking photos of each other and uploading it, you know, like they're in the cl classroom taking selfies and uploading that. And then they get all their friends to vote on those issues. And so now they have like a photo of like a kid, you know, like saying hi to the camera has like 42 votes. Oh my goodness. And it's like, it's yeah. like we saw like, and, and I remember I screenshotted <laughs> that and I sent it to the teams like, wow, you know, like kids are now using the app for other purposes. Right. Yeah. And so of course in the, in the back end, you know, a way that we protect ourselves is that the city of San Antonio can immediately reject that case manually. Right. So the city of San Antonio uh, has the 301 department, as we mentioned earlier, has, uh, you know, a, a head of department and, you know, they can, you know, filter those requests that are coming in that are invalid. Yeah. And they can reject that uh, manually. So immediately when you see that request and it's just like someone taking a selfie, uh, you can just reject that. And it doesn't become a case or, you know, some it doesn't you know produce a case reference number. So that's something that we need to take into account and that we need to mention to our audience. Uh, one another way that we protect ourselves is that, you know, we need to provide a case reference number before anything gets executed, right? It means that it goes to the right department and it gets fixed. And if you don't receive that case reference number immediately, you know, like in the next 10 minutes, it means that your issue most likely is going to be rejected because it uh, violates, you know, the user uh, code, or, you know, which is that you cannot be flagging or making requests that are outside of the scope. Yeah. Uh, and so as, as you, you're going through uh, on this, you, you've got that. Do you guys have a public leaderboard? We do. In there? Yeah. So so competitively, I can go out there and try to submit the most I issues. But if I'm, I'm going to do that, how many things do I have to go find and flag? Who's the leader on your public leaderboard so, right now? Right now, we have a uh, number one user. Is uh, His name is Jordan Gowie. He has uh, 59,000 points. That's that's a lot of points. And that's uh, 720 flags in just five months. So think about it. So Jordan's a power four, user. Four per day. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and he's been traveling some, too. Uh, yeah. He yeah took he's a not break. always. Yeah. He's not always uh, in, in town. He's not. And then the, the following user is uh, his name is Gene Mark and he has 45,000 points. So he's he's trailing behind uh, Jordan. And that's interesting because he has uh, five, 554 flags. So we have some heavy uh, power users on the platform. And that's exciting because it proves our, our thesis. Right. I mean, we wanted to create a platform that was gamified. 
that was social and that was dynamic. And our thesis was that we were going to get to 10,000 users in a year. Uh, because when you see other GovTech or civic tech uh, tools out there in the U.S., uh, they don't have a lot of users or a lot of engagement. Well, let's get you guys to 100,000 users. I think we're going to get there. I mean, think about it. In, yeah. in, in five months, we got to 10,000. So yeah. if, if we continue, you know, these outreach, you know, procedures and well, and, and after we get off the air here and put this up as a podcast, we'll promote the the heck out of it across our social media channels awesome. uh, thank you via cyber talk radio and i and i hear you have like the best audience so we we do have a pretty brilliant audience okay. and we were always wondering like how big our audience is like is anyone really listening out there and like because when you're broadcasting like it's it's not a real-time feedback mechanism here but we we did a uh, an on-location broadcast during entrepreneurship week and we had listeners show up there to watch the live recording uh, during Entrepreneurship Week. So like, I barely knew where to be for my live recording. The fact that we have some <laughs> listeners out in our audience that knew where to be for our live recording was was pretty amazing um, to get out there. So yeah, there's definitely a good audience. And I think we're almost up to 10,000 followers on Twitter. What's next for you guys? So you said when you started the company, the goal was 311, like was a th- one thing you were working on. But there, so is it getting this more cities to use this app or is it building more apps for the cities you're already serving? It's getting more cities to use this type of product that we've launched, right? I mean, this product that we've launched is very unique, and I think we can get to every single city here in Texas. And I think our goal is to get to most cities in the U.S. I mean, we want to minimize not only the cost, but the you know the bureaucratic process of working with large companies, and rather just integrate this software. You know, that is a service, right? Software as a service that is modular and easy to adapt and implement to every single city in the U.S. That, that would be very interesting. And also, if the city doesn't feel comfortable with having that public government connectivity, we can introduce our other tool, which is uh, SmartGov, which is a tool that I, we launch in, in Mexico City, which is the same component, right? But it's just internal. So meaning that the operators, the government operators or dispatchers get to utilize this tool and report on particular things that they see in the community. You're listening to 1200 WAI. This is CyberTalk Radio, and we're talking about uh, civic technology, plug-in smart technology into city government. Uh, so check out the 311SA app in the Android or iOS app store if you are listening in the San Antonio area. If you are listening via iHeart Streaming or a podcast outside of San Antonio and your city does not have a cool app, they should get one and they should get it from City Flag. Yes. Uh, so you guys, uh, you we were talking a little bit about the leaderboard there, but can I submit stuff anonymously as well? Like let's say that, I don't know, my neighbor's got, code violations and i don't really want that posted up publicly on the leaderboard that it was me absolutely yes you can so one of the things that you know when when we were um working with the city you know putting um building the app it was you know about the uh, user's privacy and so you know in the app you have two types of um, anonymous reports um well one is anonymous and what it does is it allows you to make a report and then that report will be visible to other users it will appear in the urban feed so sort of like the home feed where you see you can see all the reports but there will be no personal data uh, you know attached to that report so it'll be anonymous and then you have another type of report that you can you can also submit which is private report and so private report what it does is is just goes directly to the city and no one else can see it and there's no extra points for that no, yeah, you cannot private. Yeah, yeah, no. So, so if you if you are uh, experiencing the tool uh, anonymous, then 
you you cannot participate in the gamification bread. So don't even think about it. You're okay. not gonna get any no. points. <laughs> but that's that's totally fine because there's a lot of users who they just want to use the app to report and they don't really care about. Yeah, it. but yeah. the thing is, that Brett wants to be on the leadership board. I mean, he wants to be <laughs> Jordan. So <laughs> yeah, he yeah. can no, do I, anonymous. I, yeah, I, I have done the strength finder stuff before well, as a competition. It's always somewhere near my top five, but <laughs> I don't know that I can beat Jordan at <laughs> issue reporting. Well, there are some people who think they can beat Jordan. That's so good. They, they started to, you know, either create a lot of reports or also, you know, abuse on the liking, uh, you know, future. Because although, although we, uh, so every time that you vote on the on a report, you get points, but you cannot abuse the same report. So if so, oh, yeah. you cannot unlike and like and get points. So yeah. we we used to have it like that, right? So it was kind of like a glitch that we had. Well, not even glitch. It was a design. Yeah. But then we took that off. So yeah. you cannot unlike and like and get points. It's just, you only get likes or you only get points yeah. for every single. But that's part of it. I mean, any game or any platform, you always have creative users who try to you know, oh, game, yeah. game the course. system. For yeah. sure. And we figured them out. <laughs> yes. Uh, so as as uh, as this goes and grows in San Antonio, we'll see if we can get you yeah from 15,000 up to 150,000 users. Let's do it. Let's uh, do it. And then uh, where, where do you guys go from here? So you're adding the other cities in Texas, as you said. We talked about that a little bit. You guys hiring folks here sales software developers integrators what kind of th things are uh, folks do you need to add to your team yeah definitely so uh so yes we're growing uh we're getting to more cities uh we're working with the city of san antonio mexico city mission texas which is a, a city of a hundred thousand people we're uh, you know fine also working with idago which is a border city also in, in the Rio Grande valley so we, we hope to grow to at least 15 to 20 cities in the next 12 to 16 months right uh, and as we grow, we need uh, to staff up, right? So we need, you know, more engineers. So we're looking for uh, for front end developers, back end developers, uh, and sell in a sales team. So we are currently working at a gig dump on the seventh floor, and uh, and yeah, so we are in the downtown ecosystem and are looking to hire more people. So if uh, if you are an engineer and you know you're fresh out of college, or if you have ten years of experience. Uh, let us know. We're looking for for that type of talent locally in San Antonio because we do want to nurture, you know, the economic development here in San Antonio. Yeah, and so if you you care about solving these problems too, I oh, think that, you, that's you, a yes, yeah. yeah, that's step one before yeah. attitude and and passion. Because if you can have aptitude, that doesn't really help you all out very much. Yeah, uh, and that's that's interesting that you mentioned because uh, you know we used to hire uh, for skills and then focus on culture. And we switch that around. Now we hire for culture and we focus on skills. And I don't mean culture by homogeneous culture, meaning, uh, you know, uh, ethnicity or, you know, cultural. Uh, there know, are people at City Flag not named Beto. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you don't have to be named Beto to be part of City Flag. No. So uh, are these jobs posted on your website or the the? Tech Block or Geekdom Job Board, where should folks go to check those out? Yeah, so you can send us an email at info at cityflag.co. Uh, we do recruitment. You know, we go to universities or job fairs. Uh, they're not on Indeed or any other website. We just do it, you know, locally. But if you're interesting, interested in, in City Flag and, like Brett said, in solving these social issues, uh, please shoot us a, an email, you know, info at cityflag.co. Yeah, have you guys hired a, an intern from the Students and Startups program before? From, from which one? From the, the, the Students and Startup program that matches San Antonio area college students with uh, startups. 
We haven't. We you haven't. haven't. Well, uh, we just we just hire uh, an intern from. We UTSA. have an intern for the for um, College of Engineering. Yeah, at so UTSA. You, listen to one of our past broadcasts. We've had the uh, team from Trinity on that uh, put that program together. But this year is the first year they've expanded to include UTSA, St. Mary's, all of our universities here, all over San Antonio to match. Um, college students so because most college students end up with internships at big companies because they have big formalized programs to recruit and do all that stuff so check that past episode out if you're out there listening in the audience as well and you're running a company uh now's your chance uh they're coming up here for selection for this year uh the deadline might have passed to be a company but maybe not let's always reach out they're a startup too this is year number four i think for students and startups so it's amazing is that is that, that program on trinity uh what's his name luis martinez right yeah yeah dr he, martinez he, yeah, over dr there. martinez he's a he's a great entrepreneur yeah yes yeah he runs our entrepreneurship school and it's it helping because if you get an internship at a big company it doesn't necessarily help you figure out how to go start your own business but if you get to be intern and employee number five or seven or twelve at a startup mm-hmm. you get to learn a lot that summer about what it's like to work for a your a startup versus what it's like to to work at a big company and i think for folks in the entrepreneurship program need to see kind of both sides of that yeah no that sounds great and and yes we're actively recruiting interns so let us know yeah so what else are you guys doing what will help you get the message out here on the the air on the program um and on that rebroadcast that'll be up in the end of end of february uh but what else are you guys doing to get the message out to san antonio citizens about the 311 app so, I mean, we have a lot of digital campaigns, and I think uh, digital campaigns work. I mean, we're also going out to, uh, you know, neighborhood associations, and uh, we gain a lot of, you know, public support by doing offline events, right? And, and I think it's interesting to talk about the offline environment because the online environment is uh, sexy and it's fun and dynamic, but what about the offline environment? That's when you actually get people to participate in your community. So, uh, for us, it's been interesting to go out, you know, physically, you know, to uh, – you know, events, you know, just like at the jazz festival, you know, we were there, you know, or, you know, a neighborhood association that is hosting an event. So any neighborhood association out there that is listening to us, uh, or if you're a member of one of these organizations, let us know. I mean, we, we are more than excited to go visit you and talk about the tool and how it works. And we can even give a workshop. So again, info at cityflag.co. Beto, any comments on that? Yeah, sure. We also participate at a lot of uh, community events. Like, for example, tomorrow uh, morning, we're going to be at the Center for Civic Engagement Summit. We're going to have two sessions there. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, City Flag and, and sort of like the case study and results of, of, of the project. And then we're going to have another focus group where we actually want to get, you know, direct feedback from a lot of our users. Because, um, you know, to Beto's point, um, we have a lot of, you know, as I, you can say early adopters, a lot of people who, you know, just... They already use their technology a lot in yeah. their daily lives. And, you know, we we want to make the effort, and it's one of our main focus, is we also want to be more inclusive and go to, to other communities that they might not be so, you know, digitally connected. And so how do we bring them, you know, to this service? How can they actually, you know, benefit from these services for the city, right? And, and that's the work that we do. We try to, um, you know, um, get connected with different... Uh, um, you know, community organizations and homeowner associations and see uh, what type of activities, um, you know, we can organize so that we can bring more people into the service. Yeah. So uh, we were, were talking a little bit off air as well. So you guys are, I mean, doing all this stuff here. Many cities rolled out uh, an app kind of a decade ago. Um, and San Antonio was one of those. They, they had a 311 app prior to uh, what type of different usage 
is the city seeing here? Do they are they share those numbers on on how things are changing of old three one one app versus yours? Definitely. I mean, I, I mentioned it earlier, but you know, you know, we we have about eleven thousand users on the platform in just five months, six months, compared to you know half of that in three years with their old platform. So we are definitely building community on our application, and that's our goal: building community, right? And so. When you look at what we offer versus what other companies offer is that we have a people-centric approach, meaning that we want to design an experience for the user, right? And it's gamified and it's social and it's, it's dynamic. And so I think that the city is benefiting from uh, getting more people actively engaged and communicating these type of issues immediately. I mean, think about it. You have a lot of council members that rely on this information to make public policy decisions. And if they don't have this information or this set of, of requests that are coming into their districts, then they don't have the tools to make better management decisions. So I think it's, it's, gonna, it's definitely going to improve the way that government uh, operates in, and also develops public policy initiatives. Yeah. Well, thank you both uh, very much for joining us on CyberTalk Radio. If uh, you just turned your car on right now and heard this, uh, this is the end of CyberTalk Radio for uh, tonight. You can listen to the rebroadcast of this on Tuesday, February 26th, up on our website or on our YouTube channel or on your favorite podcasting service out there or anywhere across the Internet.